Listening to Embrace Your Beautiful Destiny, a show where we will talk about finding beauty in the most unconventional places in our lives. So every week we'll talk about dealing with disappointment or overcoming frustration, dealing with stuff that just gets under your skin and derails you. We'll also have amazing guests on here that will be sharing their stories. So I'm your host, Shanna Strange. Let's dive in. Hey, what's up, friends? Thanks for coming back and listening. And I'm hoping I can give you some uh, good news today. And as you well know, I'm always going to be honest and I'm always going to be transparent. You can always count on me for that. And, um, you know, what's been on my heart recently is that um, God is testing people. Um, I know he's definitely testing me. And I'm going to be honest, I hate taking tests. Can any of you relate to this, that kind of sick, sinking feeling you get in the pit of your stomach right before you're going to take a test, Um, like in school or college or whatever? You know, I just took a couple of classes. I took a psychology class, and then I took a sociology class. And and every time, especially with psychology, because I knew how hard the test was going to be, I would get this sick feeling in the pit of my stomach, feeling like I wasn't fully prepared, even though I had read the chapter like three or four times. You know what I mean? And I would always be scared that they would ask me something that I didn't know. And to be honest, they did. Lots of times. They would ask me questions that were, you know, tiny little sentences hidden in in the textbook that, my gosh, my brain just couldn't absorb, you know, the 50 pages that I just read. And of course, they would ask a question that I didn't always know, but I knew enough about enough about the context that I could typically answer it right. And so, test taking is is definitely not something that I think any of us like, and um, it's just it's not fun. And, and I think most people have that dread, you know. And so, I've come to realize that God is definitely giving us tests, whether we realize it or not. And so what I've realized over the past couple of decades of really paying attention to this is that it comes in cycles. There's a, there's a cycle of preparation followed by a cycle of testing. It's just like when you're in school, right? So you're in school and you're going every day, you know, and you're learning about a particular subject. You're reading your textbook. You're doing all the homework assignments. And then usually after about two weeks, if you're just in a normal paced class, you have a test you know it's coming, right? And if you don't prepare, then you're obviously going to fail. If you don't do the assignments, you don't read the book, you don't listen, you don't take notes, you're going to fail. And so it's the same in our lives. We need to be paying attention because if you're in a season where you're like, you know, I really don't feel like I'm being tested right now. It's pretty cool. I'm all right. I'm telling you one's coming. It is on its way to you. You need to be more aware of it and you need to be thinking about, okay, you need to be asking the Lord, what are you trying to teach me right now? And I've learned this the hard way. And so I want to talk about, you know, particularly the seasons of testing that we find ourselves in today. And I hope to give you some insight into how you can navigate those better and become more aware of them. Um, Because I myself am in a season of testing. I feel like I'm always in a season of testing. (laughs) 
<laughs> and if you read my book, I actually, in one of the chapters, I talk about Joseph. And actually, my whole book, Providence, Embrace Your Beautiful Destiny, what this whole podcast is fashioned after, um, is about, it's kind of not about Joseph's life. I use Joseph's life as kind of a, a, a backdrop to what I'm trying to show you through my own life and probably through your life. I'm trying to teach these principles that Joseph's life illustrates so well, and I found them to be true in my own life. So as I've been walking out this journey, it's insane because God will always bring me back to Joseph. And I'm not just talking about in my own reading. Yes, that happens. But people will pray for me, and they'll just say things like, you know, Remember how Joseph was in the prison and, and you're in that season right now where God has you confined and I'm sitting there laughing because these people don't know that my whole book is based on this whole, you know, this whole uh, life of Joseph and how my life has paralleled it in so many ways spiritually. Of course, I've never, ever been physically put in a prison like he has or he was and thank God for that, right? But um, God uses those natural things that happen to people in the physical, you know, to teach us spiritual realities now. Thank God we don't have to go through some of that stuff. We may have to. I don't know. We may get tossed in prison for being believers. That, that's probably coming. But um, right now, it's just spiritual. And so, you know, I have been on this journey. And, and like I said, God keeps using Joseph to remind me about being tested and about his life in general. And... Um, I want to, to look at Psalm 105 today, and I want to break some things down that I think are very um, eye-opening and just amazing when you really look at them in context. So I'm going to read, just bear with me, I'm going to actually read up until the point where it talks about Joseph, because I want you to see the full picture of what, what this writer is saying. So this is Psalm 105. Um, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, proclaim his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell about all his wondrous works, honor his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Mm, that's good. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done, his wonders, and the judgments he has pronounced. You offspring of Abraham, his servant, which that would be us too. We are the seed of Abraham because we believe. Um, you offspring of Abraham, his servant, Jacob's descendants, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments govern the whole earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The promise he ordained for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham swore to Isaac and confirmed to Jacob as a decree. Let me keep going. And to Israel, as a permanent covenant, I will give the land of Canaan to you as your inherited portion. When they were few in number, very few indeed, and res resident aliens in Canaan, wandering from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their behalf. Do not touch my anointed ones or harm my prophets. He called down famine against the land and destroyed the entire food supply. He had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with shackles. His neck was put in an iron collar. Until the time his prediction came true, the word of the Lord tested him. 
The king sent for him and released him. The ruler of people set him free. He made his ma- he made him master of his household, ruler over all his possessions, binding his officials at will and instructing his elders. So, and it keeps going, and it just follows Israel's history, and it really is talking about the faithful faithfulness of God to keep His word to them, and all of the amazing things He did and is doing because they are his chosen. But what I really want to, um, and I wanted to to read the backdrop so you get the full picture of how important Joseph's role was in, um, you know, preserving the people of Israel. I mean, he was huge. He was a type of Christ in the Old Testament. We know that he is a picture of what Christ was going to do. Um, but I love this this section that says, until the time of his prediction came true, the word of the Lord tested him. So we can be sure of this. If you really, really received something from the Lord, a promise, a word over your life, whether it be over your family, over your children, over your marriage, over a ministry God has for you, over um, the direction your life is supposed to take, whatever your legacy, you can be sure it's going to be tested. That is part of the process. And it doesn't feel good, does it? I mean, it's, uh, let's just be honest, it's horrible. So I want to look at some of these um, Greek words, or I'm sorry, Hebrew words, because this is the Old Testament, um, because they really, I think, bring some more clarity to what he's saying and so if you actually read this in the Hebrew I'm going to read it the way it's written I'm going to read it in in English but I'm going to break some of these words down until the time that came to pass his word the word of Yahweh tested him so until the time that came to pass his word which would have been Joseph's word and this translation I read you a minute ago said Joseph's predictions okay until that time came to pass that Joseph's predictions Um, were actually shown to be true. The word of Yahweh tested him. So this word um, for the word, that's a very strange statement I know, is Imrat, Imrat, I-M-R-A-T. I'm actually, actually it's Imra. I'm actually probably saying it wrong. Imra, I-M-R-A-H is how it's transliterated. And it actually means utterance, speech, or word. Or it could mean commandment, speech, or word. Um, and it comes from a, a word, the mare. If you look up a mare, it means speech or word. And then it goes on, and the NASB has some translations for this particular a mare word. It could mean arguments, chastisement, command, decree, promise. Um, I love that. So until, you know... Joseph's prediction came to pass. It's almost like God's decrees over Joseph were test. They were testing Joseph. So when when I read this scripture, because it is, I'm just going to be honest. It's kind of worded a little strangely. Why didn't it just say the Lord tested Joseph? It says the word of the Lord tested Joseph. So that's interesting. So I guess what I'm saying is God released a word or words, you know, that could be plural, over Joseph's life. And because God released words over Joseph's life, he was tested. He had to be. 
because God had made a promise and a decree over his life. So that's why you can always be sure. I hope that's eye-opening to you if you're catching what I'm saying because it's, it's a lot of information and it's, it's actually very deep if you think about it. There's no testing if there's been no word released, if there's no decree over your life. But when God um, created you, even before God created you, he had a purpose and a destiny. And he released that, those words over your life, a specific um, decree over your life, specific words over your life. And then when you were born, now, your whole life, God has been testing that to see, you know, if you're ready. And so when you even look at this last word here, so let me go back and read this scripture, until the time came uh, to pass his word, Joseph's word, or Joseph's predictions, the word of Yahweh tested him. This word tested at the bottom, the very last word, is the word, ooh, zaraph. Zaraph. It means to smelt, refine, or test. When you start talking about smelting or refining, you're actually using um, visual words that have to do with like goldsmith, silversmithing, those kind of words. So that's a very pictorial way of God showing us, okay, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm refining you. I'm smelting you. <laughs> and you know it takes heat to do that, right? It's not like this nice little cute process. It's extreme heat. It's so extreme that it pulls the impurities out. And the only thing that survives, listen, the only thing that survives is the thing that God put in the person. Oh my gosh. The only thing that survives the smelting or the refining purification process is God inside of that person. God's will, God's words over that person, God's decrees, God's spirit within the person. The person, the, the actual um, person has to die to themselves so that the only thing left is the spirit of the Lord operating through them. Is that, do you guys tracking with me? Man, I wish I had some like literal people in here who could just grasp what I'm saying and get a little bit excited about that because it's like overwhelming to me. Like, listen, y'all, God wants to kill your, kill your flesh because he wants to live. He wants your spirit to be alive and he wants that to be what's leading you, the Holy Spirit within you, working through you and your spirit and all of your um, impureness, impurity, all of your funkiness has to die has to die. And that's what had to happen to Joseph because if it hadn't have, Joseph would have misused this opportunity that was about to come his way. So he has to go through all these um, horrific things, right? Not only is he, and I've talked about a lot about this in some of my earlier podcasts. So if you miss those, you go back and, and I talk about potaphorically speaking. And, and those are, you know, the time that Joseph was in Potiphar's house. I talk about providential prisons and what that means in our lives. And um, so some of this is kind of a spinoff of earlier podcasts and episodes that I did. But I'm telling you, Joseph had to learn how to die to himself. He had to let God refine him. And, and that is, you know, 
that's probably this, the test of your life, and it's the test of my life. And what's interesting about the way God tests us is it's not the way that we think He's going to test us, okay? So um, I don't want to get personal. I'm just trying to keep this very, very um, superficial to protect relationships in my life. But, you know, I'm going through a lot right now, and God is using relationships to refine me. And and I didn't see it that way at first, though. I thought it was the other person. You know, I thought it was they needed to change. But what God began to reveal to me is he was using that situation to change me because there were still things that needed to be refined. This was still dross. Like, he was still... Uh, removing the dross he was turning up the heat and boy it's hot and y'all I don't like it but it's necessary otherwise I, I cannot fulfill the destiny you cannot fulfill the destiny that God has for you until you allow him to fully refine you you know some people get to they pass some tests when they're young and they get to walk out their destiny you know parts of their destiny and um then there's some of us who I guess would be considered late bloomers. Man, I hate that. I don't want to be a late bloomer. But there's there's a timing. There's a there's a season for it. There is a so much more refinement that the God that God has to do in some of our lives because of where He's taking us. And if you ever lose the faith for that, that's when you're gonna fall into despair and depression and anxiety and fear and hopelessness. And God doesn't want you in that place. He wants you to trust Him fully. And every time I start to feel like I'm getting in that place, God takes me back to Psalm 105. 19 until the time his prediction came true the word of the lord tested him so uh i want to talk about you know some of the things that testing does for us so i just talked a lot about how it refines or purifies us um and that's just you know to prepare us for what's coming and that's actually that's actually my next point is oh, the testing that we are in that we go through is to prepare us for what's coming and y'all sometimes what's coming is great and wonderful and we get to step into something amazing but but the truth is it's going to be harder just because you cross over into your promised land your your problems don't magically disappear now you got to deal with giants now you got to deal with working the land. Now you got to deal with freedom. And what does that look like? What do I do now that I have freedom? That's a whole different ballgame. And ballgame would be the wrong word. It's a whole different situation when you're not in the wilderness anymore. Now you're actually in the promised land. Now what do I do, Lord? <laughs> now you fight giants. You know, now you take the land. Now it's conquest. So it's a different level of fighting and if you don't get the foundational stuff like y'all like trusting God like having faith like having spiritual disciplines if you don't get that you know in the wilderness seasons how on earth are you going to be able to you know conquer other things in your promised land and beat giants when you can't even pray every day or you're not faithful to 
be with the Lord or to fight the way that he tells you to fight and you don't understand spiritual warfare. These are questions we really need to ask ourselves. We need to be honest. We need to be like, Lord, help me. I'm, you know, I need help in this area. I don't, you know, because you can be sure he's not going to promote you until, first of all, there's the refinements there and that you're prepared for what's next. And so testing, you'll hear my little dog walking around. <laughs> Her little feet are on the floor. So the testing is the measurement God uses for promoting us. Yeah, so if you're tired of where you are, is it because maybe you're failing the test over and over? Are you tired of circling in the wilderness around the same mountain for 40 years? There's a scripture <laughs> that says, turn north. Like, you're tired of going around this mountain? Then turn north. Like, get out of here. Stop doing this. Like, do it. Do whatever it is that you keep failing at and stop making excuses. I am so preaching to myself right now. I really um, get, I get so frustrated with myself because I feel like God is so patient with me, but I'm so tired of myself. Can anybody relate to that? Like, I'm so tired of walking through this this stupid season and not getting it right or, or continually failing at it, you know, and because I really want to walk out my calling. And, and I know there's a perfect timing, so I'm not saying that I want to get ahead of God, but I sure don't want to drag this out longer than I need to. Can anybody amen that? So testing, what does it do? It refines us, purifies us, pulls the dross out, right? It prepares us for what is coming. And it's the measurement God uses for promoting us. So I told a story in my book, and I, I may have shared it, but I'm going to go ahead and share it because I'm sure not everyone's listened to every single episode. But I, I talk about this when I was writing um, the chapter uh, about providential prisons, which I don't think I called it that in the book. I think I called it... Um, something else like know who you are and knows who you are or something like that. Um, but God gave me this really cool way of looking at tests because like I told you in the beginning, I hate tests. They make me nervous. I, I have all this anxiety about it. I have this fear that I'm going to fail, which I, I'm just going to be honest, y'all. I usually don't make below B's on tests or usually A's. I usually make A's on tests, <laughs> but it's like this performance thing goes off in me and I don't know who I'm trying to impress but it's like a measuring stick or something, but, okay, so I hate tests, right, well, God showed me, and, and he just put this in my spirit, and I started writing about it, he was like, why don't you look at tests differently, okay, and so he showed me just this um, analogy of, let's just say that you are good at math, which, by the way, I'm not, stop it, stop it, puppy, um, sorry, <laughs> Y'all, I told you I'm real and I'm transparent. So, um, let's just say I'm good at math. And I'm so good at math that my teacher notices it, my math teacher, and is like, you should join the mathematician Olympic group or whatever it's called at our school. And they're the ones that go compete in UIL and all that. You're that good that I think that you could do very well at this. And you're like, oh, no, man, I'm so scared. Like, I just... I just don't want to do that. It scares me to death. But you decide, you think about it a little bit, and you're like, you know what? I do enjoy math. This is hypothetical, y'all, because I hate math. And um, 
I'm gonna try it. So you start kind of staying after school and you start working with the teacher. Next level, which is area, you just competed in district and now you're at area and the stakes are higher and you have to work a little bit harder and you have to stay up after school longer and you have to get tutoring and you have to be in a math club all the time and you know, but you're, you're so good at it and you can see that you're good at it. And so you go to area, you compete, you get first place. And so a couple more months roll on and there you are, you're, you're doing all the homework and the problems are getting harder and harder and harder, but you're doing okay with it. You're actually understanding what's going on and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm nervous, but I, I think I can do well at this. So you actually go and you go to state competition and it's insane, but you manage to win state competition. And this just keeps going on and on and on. And you're, and you're like, is this ever going to stop? Is this ever going to, like, is there an end in sight to this? But that's what it feels like when God's testing you. It feels like, okay, Lord, I passed that test. Now can I do what you called me to do? And maybe he'll let you do some things. But the truth is, there's another test coming. There's another harder test coming. And he's preparing you for it. And so what I've found um, and yes, there is an end in sight. Let me finish that thought. There is an end in sight. At the end of this, there's going to be a reason that you had to be really good at math. <laughs> like in Joseph's case, he needed to be really good at math. Think about what he did. This is probably the reason God gave me that math example. Joseph was responsible for getting enough food to feed not only all of Egypt, but he started feeding all the other nations were coming to Egypt to get food and to get whatever they needed, Egypt was the place for it, especially the Israelites. But it was other nations were coming too. And so he had to be really good at economics. He had to be good at math and understanding, you know, okay, I need this much because it has to go this far. And so how much do I do every single day? I need to get this. We need to get this much grain. We need to get this much whatever. And so he had to know how to do that kind of stuff. And so there's no telling what kind of test that the Bible doesn't even talk about that Joseph went through. We know that he was a good steward. He was a very good steward um, with Potiphar's house because he was so good at it. Potiphar said, hey, just run my whole household. And then he goes to the to the prison and he's so good there that they give him all these all of this authority to do things within the prison. So every step of the way, God was testing him, and he was testing him more and more and more and more. Remember the word that that um, the word of the Lord was testing Joseph, as like we talked about in the beginning, the promises, the decrees over his life. It was destined that he was going to do this. And so God tested him in these areas that were specific to his destiny. So you can look at your life and maybe say, okay, um, I never understood why I constantly got tested in this area. It probably has to do with your destiny. You know, for me, I've been tested a lot in my emotions, in my faith, and, and trusting God, and relying on God and not being independent, but... Um, worship has been a huge area for me, like worshiping God, even when I didn't understand or even when I was frustrated or whatever. Like I've had to learn um, how to do all those things uh, in, as a lifestyle, not just every once in a while. But And there's so many more things I know that I'm, I'm not doing right, but I can feel the word of the Lord testing me. Like he's watching me. Like he's watching me. Am I going to um, read 
and study my word and apply it to my life? Am I going to worship him? Am I going to pray in this season of my life when I don't feel like he's near? Like I feel almost like he's vanished from my life. Is there anybody that feels that way right now? I know I'm not alone. There are seasons, you know, I talked about this in the beginning. There are cycles. So the cycle is this cycle that I have where I'm, feel so close to the Lord and he's given me all these revelations and he's given me all this understanding about things. Um, and it's wonderful, man. I'm on cloud nine, you know, worship is easy. Prayer time is easy. Reading the Bible is easy. I'm teaching people what the Bible says, blah, blah, blah. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden that could last a couple months. And then all of a sudden it just comes to an abrupt halt. And all of a sudden I feel nothing. I feel like there's a ceiling and all you know God is gone from my life he's banished no I mean I know that I do believe that the Lord does um withhold from us at times to grow our faith and to develop us in some areas because if you were constantly interacting with us and always um available and I mean he is always available I don't mean that but we could always feel him let me say that manifestation of his spirit, maybe. Um, we would never grow in faith. We would never grow in our trust. It's the absence of his um, you know, abiding presence, I guess, or the absence of our connection that we don't that we we like, we don't feel it. That's what creates the trust and the faith that we need. That's part of the testing. And so I, I don't know if you're in that place or you've been in that place, but I just wanted to encourage you today to know that. Um, it's normal to go through a season of preparation where you do feel God and you do feel connected and then that is immediately followed by a season of testing so what do you do if you're in a season of testing well you encourage yourself in the Lord you read the scripture like I just read you do what you know you're supposed to do even if you don't feel like doing it and you go back to that previous season and you go okay what were the things that God was teaching me during that season like, if I could just sum that up in one phrase or two phrases, what do I feel like God was really showing me during that time? And if you can do that, I can almost guarantee you that's probably what you're being tested in. We'll always be tested until the day we die, y'all. It, it is what it is, and it's because He wants the gold. He wants to get the gold out of us that He put in us. Yeah, so hang in there, friends, and I will see you guys next week.